0: We didn't tell everybody, but we installed a set of scales in every chair. <laughs> we did that before Thanksgiving, and 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 we we recorded what you weighed beforehand. And now today we're taking we're we're, we're taking another reading tonight. We'll give out the results, but uh, we've already had a few alarms going off. It said one person only, please. And anyway, but. <laughs> Now, I'll tell you what, uh, I don't know about you, but I, I, I did overeat a little bit, and, uh, and uh, but I praise the Lord for that. And you say, did you wait? No, you wait a few days before you wait, amen. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, we're glad to have you with us this morning. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. If you would, please stand for the reign of God's word if you're able to. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. I won't mention any names. I won't mention Missy's name. She has a birthday today, but in case you wanted to give her a whipping or something. But anyway, Luke chapter 4. We'll begin reading verse 16. And He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book. And he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened upon, or fastened on him. And began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceed out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? And he said unto them, Ye will surely say unto me this proverb physician heal thyself whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum do also here in thy country and he said verily I say unto you no prophet is accepted in his own country if you would look back with me in verse 20 so then he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down and and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him as I read through the Bible each year, and, and I, I finish quite a bit early and so I go back and, and redo the New Testament and, and different books in the Bible, not the whole Bible. I'll generally finish somewhere around July, June, July, something like that, and I'll go back and I'll just start going back to the New Testament. The other day as I was in the book of Luke here, I was reading, it. Said, it it's as though it just kind of stood out at me. And I... And I couldn't get it off my mind. I didn't know what I was going to be preaching today yet. And and all week long, I I couldn't get it off my mind. And it's these words right here. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. All the eyes, every single one of them, were fastened upon the Lord. I'd like to preach a message message this morning. Fasten your eyes upon the Lord, upon Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. Lord, the need is so great. Lord, even as you've been dealing with my heart Lord, over the past week or a little longer about this statement about their eyes being fastened upon you. Lord, I see such a greater need in our day and time for us to fasten our eyes upon you, Lord Jesus. It seems as though that our eyes are on everything else. Lord, I believe that if we get our eyes fastened on you, not just take a quick glance. But if we would fasten them upon you, oh, the difference that would be made in our lives and the lives of others. So this morning, Lord, I pray that you'd give me the words to say. I pray for the Holy Spirit to guide me. I pray that Jesus Christ, Lord, that you'd be lifted up. That men would not see me, their eyes would not be fastened upon the one preached this morning, but the one that's preached about. And so, Lord, we ask that you deal with every heart. Lord, if there is somebody here today that they've never received you as their Savior, Lord, I pray that this morning as their eyes are fastened upon you, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would convict them and they'd come and receive you as their Lord and Savior. Deal with every heart, strengthen us. But most of all, may you be glorified. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. be seated. Jesus was speaking to the people here in in the synagogue and no one was preoccupied. Their mind wasn't about what they're going to do tomorrow. Their mind wasn't about how many seal and tile there is. Their mind wasn't about what somebody was wearing that was next to them. Their mind wasn't about uh, what they was going to eat when they got home from the synagogue. The Bible says that every eye didn't say looked upon him but was fastened upon Him. As though they could not get any farther than where He was. And they they were so locked in to what Jesus was saying and so locked in to the person of Jesus Himself. Today, I, I really believe that one of the greatest needs in our lives and in the church today is for us to get our eyes fastened on Jesus Christ again. I believe that we take a quick look. We come Sunday morning, we take a quick look. We maybe come Sunday night, we take a quick look. We come Wednesday night, maybe take a quick look. And We go through the week and maybe once in a while we'll take a quick glance. Maybe when we're having our devotions we take a quick glance. And what is needed today is for our eyes to be fastened Not just a glance, not just an ominous stare, but to be fastened upon the Lord Jesus Christ because it will affect our lives now and for eternity. You see, their focal point was Jesus Christ. Could I say this more? That the eye determines the focal point at that moment. The eye determines the focal point. We can be listening to somebody talking to us, but if we're looking away at something else, our attention is not completely to the person talking to us. Our focal point is on what our eye is upon. Every one of us have been talking to somebody or we have done it ourselves. We've all done it. Somebody may be talking, we're standing there, and then we see something over here, and our attention's drawn away from them. We're still hearing what they're saying. But our attention is really not on them. It's where our eye is. That is our focal point. And many times, uh, my wife will say to me, she's talking to me, and I'm looking at something else. Did you hear me? And the answer is, well, yeah, what did I say? (laughs) She's got me. Sometimes I get bits and pieces, and I'll say, well, you was talking about, about the car. Well, what did I say? Well, you was talking about, or whatever it was. But my focal point was on something else. Here's what's happening today with Christians. We hear the Word of God. We even read the Word of God. But many times our focal point is on everything else that's going on in the world. I mean, there's so much going on. It's like uh, there's, there was a store down a little gas station. It's called Shears Gas Station. You remember that, Brother Brian? Yeah. Down is, is around... A, Lodi, Missouri, and uh, big metropolis, big metropolis. It took about three seconds to get through Lodi. But anyway, it was, it was there on Highway 67, and cars would stop there, trucks would stop there. They'd park the, the tractor trailers on the side of the road, and they'd walk across. This was a general store. And when I say general store, I mean, if you can think of it, it's there. But when you went inside, there was so much stuff. You was walking around it and in through it, and and there was so much stuff. It was hard to focus on any one thing in that store. But you name it—I mean, if you if you had to fix the pipes, they had plumbing. If you had, if you, if you need electric, they had electric, if you needed your fishing license, they had fishing license. If you needed shotgun shells, they had shotgun shells. They had guns, they had boots, they had everything, they had food, they had, they'd cut you and make you a sandwich. They, I mean, you name it, it was there. Stuff that you thought was never around anymore. You could find it at Shears. But there was so much stuff that your focus was completely off of what you would go in there for something and you got to looking at everything else and you lost what you was thinking about and what you was there to get today there is so much going on and so many things pounding at us and pulling at us that many times we our focal point is not on the Lord Jesus Christ because our eyes are not fastened upon him all the time what is needed today is For us to fasten our eyes, get that focal point back on Jesus Christ. In fact, in Lamentations, Jeremiah wrote this in Lamentations. The very first part of Lamentations 3.51 says, Mine eye affecteth mine heart. Mine eye affecteth my heart. And what he was saying is that what I see affects me completely. Affects the way I think. Affects the way I talk, affects the way I live, affects the way I feel. It's everything. What I see, he says, mine eye affecteth my heart. Jeremiah was in that day, if you look at the the writing there, he was lamenting on what he saw of the spiritual condition in his day of the children of Israel because of all that the children of Israel had departed from the Lord. And then he was seeing the destruction because of it. What we see is our focal point of life and thinking. But it's not just what we see, but how we see it and how we process it in our hearts and in our minds. Because you could have two people standing beside one another seeing the same thing, and it's processed differently. And it's thought of differently. And so it matters in how we process what we see. Because the, the way that we see it, and the process, it will affect our hearts and our lives and our actions and our responses. It's so important. You see, it's like this. If a basketball player's eyes are on the spectator's, if he's watching, he's looking at the crowd. You know, he's got that girlfriend up there in the crowd, and he's looking up in the crowd. He's looking for her, or he's looking to see who's cheering for him. If his eyes is on the spectator, he loses sight of what's happening on the court and what he needs to do as a player in the game. His important part is he's supposed to be playing that game, but his eyes are on the spectator. He's not going to do what he's supposed to be doing. The same man, if his eyes are always on the scoreboard, he can be defeated by the scoreboard because it can be a discouragement to him. If he keeps looking at that scoreboard and thinking, oh, we're behind, we're behind, and oh we're we're farther behind, it can discourage him if all his eyes is focused on is the scoreboard. Not only that, but if his eyes are on himself, that he might meet, that he thinks he's the lead scorer and he's be doing all the scoring. If his eyes is on himself, he'll miss some of the great opportunities to help the team by being a a, a winning team because it's all about him and not about the team. His eyes is on the wrong thing. But if his eyes are open to the whole picture, the complete game, the score, hit the others on his team, and what he can do to help his team be the best it can be, you'll find him leading the way of his team to victory. It all depends on what his eyes are on. Could I say that it's the same in your life and my life. It depends on what our eyes are fastened on that's going to determine our spiritual outcome. Our problem today is that so many Christians have their eyes on the wrong thing and the wrong person. Many are focused on the score and they're fearful they see all the things going on in the world. They see the struggles that's happening. They, they see the, the, the deterioration of our nation. They see the deterioration of the churches. They see the deterioration of the family. They just see the, the deterioration of all the things around them. They see what's going on. And they become fearful. In fact, in 2 Timothy 3, says, in verse 1 says this, Also know that in the last days perilous times shall come. They look at that and say, oh, we're in those perilous times. Oh, my. And they look around and it bothers them. And they're fearful because their eyes are on the scoreboard. 2 Timothy 3, verse 12 and 13 says, Yea, and all they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall, shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And, they see what's happening, they're saying, "This is, look what's happening, and this is the Bible, called, look what's happening here, everything's getting worse and worse, and their, their mind is caught up in the worse and worse. Their focus is on the score, on what it looks like right at the moment. Many have their eyes on the world and trying to be like the world and be accepted by the world. Then there are those Christians that their eyes are on self, and how they can advance self and get what they want out of life. It's all because our eyes are fastened on the wrong person or the wrong thing. In these last days, before the return of Jesus Christ, we need to fasten our eyes on Him that we might see it from His perspective and not from our flesh. You see, our vantage point about what's happening in the world, if it's not focused right, will be the wrong vantage point. We must fasten our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ and see it through Him and see it through His Word. With our eyes fastened on the Lord Jesus, we'll see ourselves differently, first of all. You know, a lot of times we think, well, I'm you know, I'm a pretty good person, you know, I haven't killed anybody lately. And I I don't steal and rob. I don't do this, I don't do that. And we go down a big long list of all the things that we don't do. But we find Isaiah here in in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1. It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah said, I saw also the Lord sitting on the throne high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. Above it stood stood the seraphims, and each one had six wings with twain. They covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another, said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone. Because I I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. When our eyes are fastened on the right thing, when our eyes are fastened on the Lord Jesus Christ, we begin to see ourselves... In comparison with the Lord, we begin to see the, the things that need to be changed in our lives. We begin to understand, hey, listen, I haven't achieved it all. I, there's room for me to grow. There's room for me to get closer to the Lord. Oh, I need to change something. And so Isaiah was looking. His focus was on the Lord. And his eyes was fastened on the Lord. And he said, woe is me. And he's seeing himself for who he was. You see, what you have your eyes focused on or fastened to will either bring you closer to the Lord or it'll take you farther away from the Lord. Several years ago when we lived down south in Piedmont, the house that we had there I went out on the had a carport and had two, two storage places on the carport there. And I went out into the one that was mine and the other one was kind of a catch-all but I had one had the tools and, and we kept other things in there and and stuff, and I went out there to get something, and as soon as I opened the door, I seen something move across one of the shelves. And it was kind of, there's a couple of cans of something sitting there. I don't know if it was paint or what I had sitting there, but in between them, I seen this rat. i would never seen a rat around there. I thought, man, I need to kill that thing. And I had that door open, and I had stopped, and, and we were staring at one another. <laughs> I thought, if I go, and I thought, I can't, sh- I can't go get one of my guns and shoot him. I'll blow a hole through the wall. And I thought, I got a pellet rifle behind the truck seat. I'll go get that pellet rifle. And I thought, if I do, he's going to be gone. I had on a red ball cap took that cap and I went, I kept shaking it and I put it on the doorknob, turned loose of it, and I backed away. Went and got the pellet rifle out of the, behind the seat on the truck, made sure it had some pellets in it. I walked back and he was still sitting there looking at that red hat. And I popped him with a couple of pellets, and that was the end of it. Do you know what his demise was? His eyes were fastened on the red hat. Not me. You see, Satan is out here for you and me, and he's taking that red hat, and he's waving it. And he's trying to get your attention on the red hat and if He can get your attention on the red hat, He's going after the pellet rifle. He wants to destroy us. That's why our focus needs to be on the Lord Jesus Christ, fastened on Him. Not the things of this world. Not all that Satan is trying to get us, get our eyes fastened upon. You see, if we'll get our eyes fastened on the Lord like Isaiah did here. We'll see ourselves for who we are and we'll see Him for who He is. We'll see ourselves as we really are and our need in cleansing and drawing near to the Lord in a greater way. We'll see Him for who He is and all that He has done and all of His majesty. We'll see Him as holy just as Isaiah did. We'll see Him as righteous, otherwise all things are right that He does. We'll see Him as all-powerful, that nothing can defeat Him, that nothing can change Him, and nothing is able to overpower Him. He's all-power. We'll see Him as our only hope in our salvation. We'll see Him as a plan and a design for our lives. We'll see Him as an unchange, that He has an unchanging love for us, that nothing can change His love for us. We'll see that this life is about Him and not about us. When we fasten our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, when we fasten our eyes on, when our eyes are fastened on, on Jesus, we'll see through the, the lens of the Bible with more understanding of our day. You know, a lot of people, they they're interested in prophecy and they're interested in the end times. You get to talking or preaching about, about the tribulation, about revelations, and boy, people, they like that. But can I tell you something? That there's so much more in the Bible that we need to understand uh, as we go into these last days than than many a lot of people. are. And the problem is, is they're just getting a surface level understanding. We need to fasten our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ and begin to look at our day through the lens of the Word of God and through Jesus Christ and what He has to say about these last days. You see, there's a lot of things taking place right now. It's moving really quick. In, in Matthew chapter 24, beginning in verse 3, it says this, "...and as He sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto Him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of Thy coming and of the end of the world?" They said, we, we, we're looking to you to tell us, to give us understanding of what's going to take place and, and, and to have an understanding about what, the last days when, when the world's getting ready to come to an end. Verse 4, Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars, rumors of wars. So see that ye be not troubled, for the, all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. He said, there's going to be these wars and rumors of wars. He said, but that's not the end yet. He goes on. He says, for nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in divers places, meaning many places. And he says, all of these are the beginning of sorrows. He says, it's not the end, but that's the beginning of the sorrows. As I look at our world today, as I look through the lens of God's Word, as I look through Jesus Christ, as I fasten my eyes on Him and not all the noise and all the things going on around me, I begin to say, hey, look what's coming to pass. Look what we're facing today. I mean, already it's hitting the, it's hitting the news about a new variant A new type of COVID. I could have told you that was going to happen before it ever happened. The flu does the same thing. But could I point you to the scripture? He said there will be pestilence. Do you know what pestilence is? It's a disease. Pestilence can be. A pest of such as animals, but it can be something as a virus, something as small as, as that, that brings about different things. We see there earthquakes. There's a, a, a rise on earthquakes worldwide, it says in many places. We see it says famines there's famines going on in different places they're talking about different places that has had droughts and they're beginning to run out of food and and different things uh, even because of uh of their their government and and things of that nature afghanistan and places like that they're beginning to see the 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 struggles there and so i look at these things and and how do i how do i how should I look at them? I should look at them by fasting my eyes on the Word of God and on the Lord Jesus Christ. As, as others get up and, and they begin to uh, uh, com- talk about the different things, I, I need to go to the Word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3 says, In the last day there shall be perilous times. He says, Know this also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their, of their own selves, uh, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, uh, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. And so what he's talking about in verse 7, he says, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And it reads like today's newspaper. We have all this, all this uh, going on when our eyes are fastened on the Lord and His Word. We see the, the setting up for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, the rapture of the church, which will lead into a seven-year tribulation period. I have a far greater understanding of the condition of our nation when I see it through the Word of God. And when my eyes are fastened on Jesus Christ, the social and socialist agenda... Of many, the economic destabilization that's going on, the critical race theory being pushed, the vaccine mandate and the consequences of not following it, the global tensions, the weakening of our national status, the spiritual falling away of the church, and these all we look at them through we can look at them and, and we can become fearful, we can become withdrawn, or we can fasten our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. When I fasten my eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll see uh, 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 all these things coming together for the return of Jesus Christ. That's why we've got to fasten our eyes on Him and begin to have an understanding of the of day and time in which we live instead of being fearful. Hey, listen, churches are closing. Different ones are, are turning away from the truth and denying the Word of God and not preaching the Word of God. And so we've got to get back to the truth. When I look at at it through the Word of God and my eyes are fastened on Jesus, I, I know that I'm in good hands. Instead of becoming fearful, it increases my faith. Why? Because I see what the Lord has said coming to pass. I see the things beginning to pull together. You see, there's no need of fearing because difficult times, hey, as they come, because He said that He would be with us. He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. He said, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And so as I look and fasten my eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't have to fear the day. I don't have to wonder what's going to happen next week because I know that the Lord's going to take care of it. I can look through the the lens of God's Word and have an understanding of of what's what's taking place in the world. And so I need to fasten my eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Fastening your eyes on Jesus will reveal much and strengthen you for the days ahead. He told us in Hebrews twelve two. he says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He said, look to me. And he said, and I will strengthen you. And I will help you in the days ahead. But we must fasten our eyes on the one that can help us. With your eyes fastened on, the, on Jesus Christ, your faith will begin to be made stronger. Because when the trials come, the difficulties come, you're no longer looking to the world. You're looking to the Lord Jesus Christ. And your faith in Him begins to grow as you trust Him. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean on to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy paths. We find with your eyes fastened on Jesus, your joy is going to be greater. Why? How can my joy be greater Lord, than, you know, by just fastening my eyes on Lord Jesus Christ? Well, the Lord told us in John fifteen eleven. he says, These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. So if I'll fasten my eyes on the Lord and say, listen, Lord, I'm putting you in control. I'm following after you. I'm not going to follow after the world. I'm going to focus on you. I'm going to fasten my eyes on you. He said, listen, he said, the greatest joy that you'll have in your life is when you walk after me. He said, I'll make it full. I'll make it sure. He said, I can give you great joy when we fasten our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Begin to see things taking place. And we look at the Word of God. We have an understanding. He says that He'll increase our peace of our heart. He said, I can give you peace beyond understanding. I can give you peace that man doesn't understand in the difficult times. He said, in the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. With your eyes fastened on Jesus, it'll stir your heart and it'll set it on fire. You know why the churches have become cold, bud Jimmy? Got our eyes on everything else. You know why Christians have just kind of went down to lukewarm? Because we got our eyes on everything else. Well, I'll tell you what, when you get your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, it stirs your heart. Amen. Those disciples that was walking that road of Emmaus there, and Jesus joined them after, after he would risen from the dead, and, and they didn't realize who he was because he, uh, he kept them from understanding at that point. And then when he revealed himself, he talked with them and he shared the Word of God with them. And then after he revealed himself that uh, he was the Christ and disappeared, They left there, and as they went back to the other disciples, they said, Did not our hearts burn within us? Why? Because they was in the presence of Jesus Christ. When we fasten our eyes on Jesus Christ, it'll stir your heart. It'll put a little shout back in you. It'll put a little skip in your step. It'll put a little glory back in hallelujah for you. You begin to enjoy the Lord. You begin to enjoy the things of God again. It'll stir your heart to tell others what Jesus Christ has done in your heart and life. It'll stir you to live closer to Him and to know Him in a greater way. But you've got to fasten your eyes on Him. When we fasten our eyes on Jesus Christ, your daily walk will be straighter. With your eyes fastened on Jesus, there will be a a praise and a worship for the Lord bubbling out of your heart and soul. Have you ever got those I can't help it? You say, what do you mean can't help it? Can't help but brag on him. Can't help but shout about him once in a while. Can't help but to tell others about him. It begins to bubble up inside of you. And you just, boy, you just gotta say something. If you don't get it out, it'll hurt you. And you just can't help but tell somebody what Jesus Christ has done for you. That's the I can't help it. But it bubbles up. When you got your eyes fastened on him, you begin to see something really good. You begin to see something mighty fine. Some of you got the can't help it this past week. It was on Thursday, probably. You walked by that pecan pie or that uh, whatever kind of pie you like, and you got the can't help it. You got to eat another piece. Amen. You already sat down and you had already ate, you were full to the brim you and 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 then they said okay don't forget we got pie we got this we got that we got cobbler we you and you're sitting there oh, i'm so full you get up and walk through the kitchen there it is it's looking at you and you get to can't help it and you got to eat a piece of it <laughs> after a while you come walking back through there you're still full and you got there oh, i can't help it and you get another piece <laughs> and pretty soon it's about five o'clock and I don't know when you eat your, eat, eat your Thanksgiving meal. We do ours at, at noon. And, but at about four or five o'clock, and you normally don't eat that, that early yet, you get the I can't help it. And you grab some more turkey or ham or whatever's in there, and you're shoving it between one of them homemade buns and, and everything. And you put everything, and before you say, I'm just going to eat a little bit before long, you got your plate full again. You, I can't help it. And you eat it. <laughs> and it shows that we get the I can't help it's. Boy, what we got the I can't help it's about the Lord Jesus Christ. And every time you walk by Him, I can't help but take a closer look. I can't help but take a hold of Him. I can't help but share Him with somebody else. I can't help but brag on Him. I can't help but praise His name and to lift Him up. Boy, I'll tell you what, when you get your eyes fastened on the Lord Jesus Christ. This whole world looks like a, a, a dirty trash can compared to what He has for you and I. I mean, it looks like, it looks like something horrible. And, and when we get our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, you got them fastened on Him. With your eyes fastened on Jesus, there will be a fellowship and a presence of the Lord as you've never had before. Oh, it's sweet. Let us turn our eyes. And fasten them upon the King of Kings, our mighty God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, this morning let me encourage you to come and point you to the one that you can fasten your eyes on. That will save your soul. And He'll fasten your heart to an eternal life. Oh, but this morning we need to to fasten our eyes on the the Lord. You see, the the world looked on that day. In fact, if you go over there, it says, in sitting down, they watched Him there. As Jesus Christ was hanging on the cross, they was watching Him. But so few of them really had their eyes fastened on Him. Oh, how we need to not just watch. Not just take a glance. Not just look now and then. But we need to fasten our eyes on Jesus Christ. Amen. Letting Him be the focal point of our life. And When we do that, we'll begin to understand from the Word of God what's going on. We'll begin to see things in a different light. It won't be a fearful light. He says, fear not, for I am with thee. It'll not be a discouraging time. It'll be a time of joy because we know that it's getting close. And we may be going home soon. It'll stir our hearts. It'll put... A praise and across your tongue. It'll set your soul on fire. It'll cause you to live differently, and it'll cause you to affect other people's lives. Could I ask you this morning, everybody in this room, including this preacher, what is your eyes fastened on? What are they fastened on? Is it that? Is it things? Is it self? Let us fasten our eyes like they did that day in that synagogue on Jesus Christ, the spouse. Father, we thank you. That we have such a wonderful Savior, a mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the Savior of the world, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the bright morning star, the Rose of Sharon, the great I Am, oh, we thank you. May we focus and may we fasten our eyes on Jesus Christ. And may we through the lens of the Bible and through Jesus Christ have understanding of our day. But even more so of our Savior, of our Lord in these days that brings great joy and peace. A peace that passes all understanding. Lord, help us to look unto you, that author and finisher of our faith, to live for you. Now, Lord, I don't know what's going on in the hearts and lives of people. But maybe there'll be some here today, they need to come and find a place and say, Lord, I need to get my focus back. I need to fasten my eyes on you. There may be some here today that have never truly put their faith and trust in you. They may believe in you they've never believed on you by receiving you into their heart and life. May they come and receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. Have your will and way, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me with your heads bowed, your eyes